How would you define a maverick, no? How do I define a maverick? Mm -hmm. um, give me a second to think about it, because uh, the, the, the first interesting thing about that word maverick for me coming, uh, being a francophone, is that I had to actually, I only learned that word maybe three years ago, okay. or four years ago. Um, and so my understanding of it was uh, from the history of the word, which I thought was fascinating, which is, you know, the, the, the story of uh, Samuel Maverick and, and the cows. Yes. You, you know that story? Yes, yeah, I do. It happens he, to he be... He didn't brand the cows because he didn't want to have them branded and because he thought he was inhumane. And as a result, everyone said, you're crazy. This is ridiculous. People are going to steal your cows. But as a result, all the cows that were found unbranded were assumed to be his. Yes. Uh, and so, the, not trying to not have a brand made him have a brand. Okay. And and that's kind of what I found interesting about that word, and I guess that's the definition that I've stuck with, which is people who do what they believe is true and correct, and they do what, what they... What, what I guess uh, the, the, the correct word for that is truthiness. You know, what uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, the, the word invented by Stephen Colbert, truthiness, which is when your guts tell you that you're right, despite all the facts and evidence. Okay, thank you. So it's a little bit of a case of that. It's when, you know, everyone else around says, no, we need to go left. And then there's this one guy who says, well, actually, I think right would be better, um, despite the fact that everyone says you're wrong. Um, and, and I guess that the Maverick also ends up believes so much in his uh, in, in what he or she uh, believes in so strongly that they eventually go against the current for that. I think that that's where I think as a Maverick is one the person who sees who believes that going against the current might be the better idea, and then who actually takes action and does it Thank and you. finds a way to make it happen because. It's very easy for people to just say, we need to go the other direction. I think a maverick actually figures out the steps and uh, tries to uh, unwork the, uh, hack the machine and figure out where is it that the piece can be taken out and replaced with the new direction and the new, the new ideas. Thank you. The next bit is I'm using a maverickism scale. So I'm going to say seven phrases to you. What I need you to do is to tell me if it's false, you can't decide, or it's true. Okay. People tell me I'm a maverick. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. <laughs> I have a way of solving problems, which is different from other people. True. I am very much more productive than other people. True. Uh, tr true, although what I found is that uh, there is a lot of things on which I am more productive than other people, mm -hmm. but then a lot of very basic things that most people do very simply and very efficiently, I tend to struggle with. And I found that um, from a lot of the Mavericks I talk to, they seem to struggle with the same problem. Okay. 
I have very unusual talents. Yeah, true. I am generally underestimated by people. True. <laughs> I do things differently and better. Or so, sorry, if I, if I make underestimated or overestimated? Underestimated. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So why do you do things differently now? Uh, that's that that that's that's a that's a long long question. I spend my whole life trying to figure that out. Actually, no, I spend half of my life realizing that I did things differently because I never knew I did. Okay. I always assume I did things like everybody else. Okay. Uh, the only thing that happened was that as as a kid from a teenager until the end of until I dropped out of university, I just didn't understand why I was doing everything like everybody else, but I was getting different results. Okay. And when I eventually dropped out of university, that's when I realized that well, the reason I get different results is actually maybe because I don't do things the same way as everyone else. And then I spend the whole rest of the time um, trying to figure out why is that. And um, the, 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 the final conclusion that I came to is that it's a, it's a mix of probably a genetic wiring and uh, education. And I have no idea where the, where, where, where the balance is, you know, how much is genetic, how much is... Um, how much is uh, education? So I know that the education my parents gave me definitely fostered a lot of maverick type attitude. Okay. Um, so they made me try a lot of things uh, from a very very young age. So um, straight away as as a baby, straight away I had to do everything. You know, from uh, sports to uh, arts, social activities, stuff on my own. I had to learn academics. Um, and it was always like bombarded with information and a lot of different worlds. A lot of traveling abroad, which I read in many studies, um, foster creativity. And mm -hmm. I definitely think that that's that combination of traveling between different areas, you know, from sports to arts, um, etc. And traveling between different countries and being from a sort of a multicultural background, I think very quickly at a young age I figured out that 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 showed me that um, what I what one what some people take for granted is completely alien for other people and that what these other people take for granted is alien for, for the first group um, okay. and I think that that really uh, must have uh, really affected this attitude of memory because I always think well, if we look in other industries, in other places, surely we'll find a great idea that we can then bring back and re-implement in this business. That makes sense. Do and then the, the other bit about the, the genetics is um, I've done, um, I was tested as a teenager as, you know, having a high IQ. Um, in, in French, they call them gifted children. Okay. Uh, which I think is a terrible name. Um, I, now I like to call it alternative intelligence children. Okay. Kids, kids who do well on these specific tests, uh, but who tend to struggle in academics, for example. Okay. Um, you know, so, so I, I scored really high on that, and that's obviously made me do a lot more research on gifted uh, people. 
Okay. And that led me to also do a bit of research on autism. And because it seems that it's a spectrum between, you know, so what you'd call normal to what they call gifted, which I prefer to call alternative, okay. uh, all the way to autism. And it seems that the closer you get to autism, the clo- the more the brain seems to function and connect in a slightly different way. Thank you. Um, so sorry, it's a long it's a long answer to, 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 to say that. No, it's an interesting answer. Does doing things differently require certain skills then? Yes. And if so, what are they? What are the skills? Observation, I guess, will be the first one. Um, Because every maverick that I've seen, and 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 that's what I do, and and I know my brother, who's very different, who's tried to learn this skill, he said that that's one of the first things he learned, is observation, is that we always find stuff everywhere. Always very aware. Um, reading the news, reading books, talking to people, watching movies, watching documentaries, and that sort of absorption, observing uh, information and then somehow um, arranging information and having like a, a, a very good skill at, um, yeah, arranging and connecting uh, in from different pieces of information. Um, okay. I'm trying to say, I think that these really are the two... The two main ones for seeing the opportunities, and then the, the the next two would be definitely some sort of self-confidence. Okay. Um, and again, one needs to to be a maverick. One needs to have enough belief that they're right when everybody says the opposite. Uh, and then the last bit is the to-do attitude. Okay. Because um, again, I think that once a person has an idea. The, 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 what makes a maverick a maverick is that they actually figure out that way. So that kind of to-do attitude slash creative thinking of, you know, creative problem solving, I guess. Okay. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Um, oh, well, I guess the biggest one is uh, other people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in, there's plenty of them. In what uh, sense? Uh, well, well, which is that the, the problem is that when everyone says go left and then you say go right, well, it, it, it starts by creating conflict. And again, what I've seen with the other Mavericks I've talked to um, is that those who succeed are the ones who manage to overcome that barrier and learn how to communicate in a more effective way because I find that for myself and um, for sure for myself the ideas in my head are very clear it's very very clear the whole connection as to why I say we need to do it like this okay. the problem is to explain how why it needs to be done in this way I might need two weeks of explaining all the different connections because I read this in that book and I read that in that book and then I had that experience and then I did this that worked and I did this that didn't work and there's this huge map, and then it's very hard to communicate. So I find that the most difficult is communication, is how to synthesize the idea and how to make it understandable for someone who who can't see what you're seeing. Because in my head, it's always very obvious. Um, but at, especially at the beginning, I didn't know even why I thought it was right. I okay. just sort of, it felt right. 
then I had to do a lot of research to learn to start to argue why I thought that something was right. Um, and that's where, you know, I see like the likes of, you know, mentioned, you mentioned Steve Jobs earlier. That's where, you know, the likes of Steve Jobs are known for shouting and being very um, aggressive uh, and very authoritative because they can't explain why they they decide to do it like that or like that. They just know it's right. They just feel it's right. I mean, I know that I've had that problem, so I've had to learn a lot of yeah. Okay. Patience and communication um, and, and finding different ways of explaining uh, what seems to be clear and obvious to me. Thank you. Mavericks often have very unusual talents. What would you say yours are? Um, I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure that out, actually. Okay. Uh, and I've ended up nailing it down to one thing, which is that I love solving problems. I've got, like, uh, just a crazy excitement. I don't care about money much. I don't care about, like, I love people. I love working with people. Like, I, I, I would... Uh, I get depressed if I'm not around people uh, enough of the day. Okay. But what I think I'm good at is not really people, it's solving the problems. Is that I love people walk out of a conversation with me saying, we solved my problem. And for me, that was just like a little puzzle. Um, so I love doing, I think that the, my, my real talent is connecting, and it's connecting the ideas that people say something and then, there's like 15 things that connect in my mind. I'm like, damn, yes, we can go in all these directions. And and I guess it's seeing stuff that other people don't see. Um, in that sense, I guess it really is a talent, but it's not something that I've had to work on. It's just something that's always happened. Okay. Um, Have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger that made you operate this way? So I guess for me, it's always been like that. I mean, I've, the only reason I got in business was because I quickly figured out that I would die in a corporate structure where I would try to always get people to do things differently and trying to always find new solutions. Because, well, because obviously the, for me to be able to, to to find solutions, I need to find a problem. Okay. And, um yeah, and, and I realize that a lot of people don't like that within their company, especially when you're an employee at the bottom of the company. So I kind of got forced into business because of that. Okay. Are you always a maverick, or do you choose to be so at times? It's not a choice. I've tried to spend my whole life trying to be normal. <laughs> okay. That's been the biggest, the biggest struggle, like... Uh, I've always tried to be normal, and um, and it's th it's in waves that I keep sort of trying to accept the fact that whenever I try to be normal, actually, that that's that's another uh, challenge. That yeah, whenever I try to be normal, whenever I've tried to sort of go back and do things like everyone else does, yes, business has gone down, and okay. I start having problems, and I start having conflict. Then okay. I go back to doing things my way. It pisses off people at the beginning because they're like, oh, you're, again, you're going to do things differently than everybody else. And then things start going better. And then, you know, so, yeah, so, it's not a choice. <laughs> are there any instances when you choose not to be a maverick? Uh, yeah, as I said, I tried, I tried to not do that when working with other people, mm -hmm. when working within structures. Um... 
when I uh, worked with teams, um, mm-hmm. because I tried to be more, you know, so normal and uh, yeah. That's, I guess, really the, 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 the main moments I tried to do that. And is this choice a conscious or an unconscious decision, and why? Very conscious. Very conscious. As I said, the reason is because I realized that when I operated in my normal thinking mode all the time, I was a lot in conflict with people because I found it very hard to communicate. Okay. And as soon as I can consciously so think, okay, step back, Try to think about how people would normally see this problem mm-hmm. and get out of your shoes, try to get into other people's shoes. Yes. And then when I do that conscious effort, then I get back into sort of being able to communicate in a, in a more normal way and having better relations uh, uh, around, um, yeah, more easily. So, yeah, definitely conscious. Okay. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Well, the advantage is that you see opportunities that other people don't see. Okay. So, um, so yeah, whenever, whenever you know, whether it was a uh, social media or whether it was um, uh, a, a lot of the clients that we pitched to, yeah. everyone always thought that it's impossible. We can never get this client. Okay. Or you know, or you know, social media, whatever. It's just for kids. But because I connect things differently, for me, it seems obvious that there is a solution because I can see it. Well, other people might sort of skip opportunities because they haven't seen it. Um, in the same way, because I, I'm always observing and learning about uh, with sort of obsessive learning, I get to see a lot more different ideas, a lot more different ways. So that, that's definitely the, the biggest advantage. Um, I found that passion is another great uh, advantage, which... I don't know if it's directly linked or not. Okay. Um, but I've always assumed it is, is that because I see solutions to problems, I find that exciting. And because I get excited, people have told me that they find that, um, uh, that it's contagious, that they get excited because they see me get excited. Um, so that that's definitely been proved to be very useful. Okay. Um, and then and, and, that, and that comes also with like a, an incredible amount of energy because I find that whenever I get excited about this stuff, I can do 12 hours of work, 13 hours of work, 15 hours of work. Okay. Straight, no problem. I can do 80-hour weeks. No problem. I don't even think about anything else. Um, so that, these are definitely the advantages. Okay. Uh, and the disadvantages? Disadvantages is uh, it's hard to quiet down. It's okay. hard to slow down the mind, and I found that I burn out. I eventually burned myself out. Right. So... I've done a lot more conscious effort to slow myself down and to do, for example, more things like meditation yes. um, and giving my mind some rest time because what happened is that from morning, I wake up in the morning, the number of times I've been woken up by my thoughts. Okay. Um, you know, so the mind is working before I'm even awake. Um, so yeah, that's definitely been a problem. So, and, th- and that also puts a lot of pressure on other people. So relationship-wise, um, girlfriends, it becomes very heavy on them because I'm always, as I am now, I'm so pretty excited. So I'm so I, I I hear myself talk a lot faster, and you know, and yeah. So for the surrounding, it can get um, tiring. So I found that that's a big disadvantage. Um, and then conformity. I just and trying to do things like administrative stuff. 
uh, I find extremely painful, extremely painful. And I know that my brother who finds these stuff very easy, yes. uh, can't understand that I can solve very complex problems. Okay. But that um, to buy a, a bus ticket to go or a train ticket to go from uh, London to Heathrow Airport takes me 45 minutes. Okay. Because I'm sitting in front of the computer looking at all the possible options to figure out which one is the best. Okay. And, you know, and so I struggle doing things like, yeah, buying shampoo. It always takes me about half an hour because I'm, I'm looking at all the different shampoos and all the different options and all the different prices. And, and yeah, I'm trying to compute all the information and taking simple decisions can sometimes be very, very, uh, uh, very, very difficult. Um, so these are the main disadvantages. And, yeah, and like operating, trying to do things in a normal way. I try to do things without saying... What if we did it like that? What about this? If you thought about that? Um, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Okay. That, that, that is definitely a big problem. Has Asian experience altered your maverick approach so far? Um, well, I, I, I tried different techniques. So, as I said, I had like a, a early 20s. So, when I dropped out of university, I was invincible. And so, I had the sort of the bull in the tea shop approach, which it was, I know I'm right and I don't care about anyone else. Okay. Which worked great up to the point that I had to start, that uh, that business was so good that I had a team. And then I pissed everyone off and I uh, lost my team. Okay. So then I took the different approach, which was try to behave completely normally to not have this maverick approach. Okay. Worked great with the team, business didn't work. Okay. And so now I'm in phase three, which is, okay, how do I find the right balance between being a maverick so that business works and uh, behaving in a, in a normal enough way that I can uh, have good relations with my business partners? How's that um, so going? Like, that experience has so brought me that so trying to find the middle ground of okay. being to extremes. What aspects of your life and business are you most maverick in and least maverick in? Oh, that's a tough one. Mm. What areas of life or business am I most maverick in or least maverick in? Yeah, ma most maverick and least maverick. Actually, yeah, I know. Like in business, I'm least maverick about the things I don't know very well and that I don't, um, that I haven't done much research on and that I don't enjoy doing. So, they'll do a lot of things like accounting. Okay. I know that I've got friends who've got businesses and who spend a lot of time doing their accounting because they can save tax money and they can save money here and there and there's all these great ways of, but I, I find that these are the things where I just do things by the book. I pay someone to do it, and I don't want to start thinking about doing things differently. Okay. Uh, so, th yeah, especially things I don't know and I don't feel as comfortable with. So, okay. yeah, things to do with finance, legal, um, etc. I prefer to just play things by the book because I don't... I guess, yeah, the more comfortable I feel with what I do, the more maverick I, I feel I can be. Okay. And what area in your life personal life are you least maverick in then or most maverick in personal life 
Oof. Uh, I'm trying to find one in which I'm not a not maverick. Um, I can't in my personal life. I don't know. Like I can't. Maybe in my personal relationship, but even that, no. People always tell me that they're, they're so weird, and I'm so weird, and that I do things differently. Like um, I can't really think in my personal life. Okay. That I, I try to keep that well, you know, without trying to normalize it. Okay. Is any part of what you do as a maverick related to the concept of the legacy you want to leave behind? Yes. Um, I've never thought about it connected that. I don't know if... Hmm. I don't know what the connection is, but definitely um, it's given me... Deciding when I dropped out of university and I uh, took... I remember I took uh, two days where I sat in my room, I locked myself in my room, and I said, okay, if I can achieve one thing in my life before I die, what is it that I want to achieve? What is it that I want to leave behind me? Okay. Um, and that's kind of given me the drive, and that's really given me, you know, the push to do everything after, uh, all the way to now, and it's something that's still in my head. So... I don't know how the two are connected. Um, I guess that they probably feed feed each other. Okay. Uh, because because when I had that, that legacy idea, obviously everyone told me, you're crazy, this is ridiculous, it's never going to happen, etc., etc. And so we're back to what I said at the beginning, which was yeah. so seeing the idea. And a lot of other people agreed with me that, you know, you, even a lot of people were like, yeah, you know, you're probably right. There's probably a better way, but it's not going to happen. Um, okay. So because I had this idea of a legacy, I thought, eh, give it a try. You never know. Are you happy to share that legacy? Yes, of course, of course. Um, what I set out at that time was that if by the time I die, I can have changed the way the education system works in the world. I'll have uh, left something worthwhile behind me because I believe that the education system everywhere in the world should be tailored to individual learning styles okay um, should be um, updated in real time according to the needs of every single student okay. um, with encompassing the change in the environment outside and the change in the student and it needs some, to be somehow uh, financially sustainable Thank you. Um, so these are the, the, the three things and anything I can do, any step I can take towards making that change is is great. Um, whether it's at an individual level, okay, by working with people in, you know, coaching, training, um, or whether it's at a systemic level through consulting and, and actually helping schools change and systems change. Because I think the two are needed. Okay, thank you very much for being so honest. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you have taken in business to date? The biggest risk? 
I don't know if it's the biggest risk, but it's the most recent uh, risk that I've taken, which was that I had my company in the UK and everything. I built everything. My business, I had, you know, uh, trainings and, and, and work uh, scheduled over a year ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, yeah, like a four, over four-year business history, etc. All my friends, I was settled in London. I was about to buy a flat in London. Okay. And I got an opportunity. I had gone to New York to try to promote my book, my last book. Right. On how perception beliefs affect business decisions. And um, I got offered an opportunity to go and uh, work with a company there. Uh, an executive headhunting company that was trying to scale and grow. Uh, and they wanted me to help them build their consulting and executive coaching arms of the company. Okay. And so I left everything behind to go there for something that I guess was insecure, uh, wasn't, you know, yeah, there was no, there, there was no security. Nobody knew what was going to happen. If it had worked out, it would have been an amazing payoff because, um, because it was becoming uh, a, a senior partner in a larger firm. And being able to do what I was doing at a much larger scale. Okay. Um, and the problems were, you know, obviously the the risk of, you know, leaving everything that I had. So I had to leave all my clients. I had to tell everybody, sorry, now I'm going to New York. Um, so that that's, that's the latest one that I had. But I guess I've done that a few times. Okay. How many ventures have you taken in the past five years, would you say? In the past five years, so we're now in 2013, so that's since 2008 or something? Yeah. So 2008, um, uh, two attempts, mm -hmm. um, then in 2010 I had one, two, three, and then I had another two this year. Is that right? Let me think. Well, yeah, I guess you know it. It, it always depends how what, 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 when you say uh, how many ventures I was involved, how far into the 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 creation process or the conversation do you want to go? Because I've talked to hundreds of people. Right. about their businesses and I've had hundreds of conversations uh, about people wanting me to become a partner or, or wanting me to to help them with their business and mm. to get involved in this and that so I guess I'm not counting that I'm counting no. here the ones where I've actually sort of really um, started something and and I thought that things were actually gonna work out uh, one two three four five six seven Seven. Okay. What would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? A great team. Okay. Um, that, that's the, the, the number one, above anything else. Okay. I don't even think the idea matters or the product or the service matters that much because if the team is great, they find a way to, to adapt and change it. Um, and that's what I've seen great, great teams do.
Okay. That no matter what happens outside or inside of the company, um, they make things work out. Okay. So of the percentage, of the, of the seven ventures that you had, according to your definition of a successful venture, how many, what percentage were successful? Uh, according to that definition, none. <laughs> okay. None, none, none to this stage. So the, the one that was successful for the longest was the one that I run in the UK that okay. was successful for four years and well three years and then things turned sour and and that was part of the decision of moving okay uh, um, so yeah so for that one that you said the london project that was your most successful venture yeah what did you do that made that venture successful do you think um i and it's both the thing that made it successful and that eventually made it collapse is that I, for the first time, I learned to give give up control. Okay. Um, and so I empowered my team to, to be uh, fully uh, democratic, fully open, every, you know, no micromanagement and really getting the, 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 the team to work in um in an organic way okay so i never checked on what people did i always you know it was a very so result oriented uh, work environment um and that's what made it work so much better than anything else uh, i've done before but then i think i went too far in that and that's eventually what made it collapse Okay, so of the percentage that were unsuccessful, what would you consider was the main reason for their failure? Um, the teams. Um, so it was mine, and, and, and I'll, I'll take the full blame for all of it. Okay. Um, because it was my inability to either, either my inability to recruit the right people. Okay. And to 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 manage them and motivate them, or it was my inability to keep them under some sort of control, which is the one that I had with the most successful venture. So whenever I gave up the control, things went really well, and then I didn't realize the limit of that, and that you can't do that to the extreme. And then afterwards, was the same thing. I got involved in teams. So the the, the two attempts I've had in the U.S. Um, I joined uh, two people and I made a wrong assessment as to uh, who I was getting involved with. Thank you. That's the end of the interview now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch off the voice recorder. Uh -huh. Thank you for letting me interview you. My pleasure. I hope this was uh, somewhat useful.